Hello and welcome to the Wiretap Whisper podcast episode 20, presented by me, Sami ASMR. If you're watching the podcast or listening to the podcast for the first time, this is a creator-focused podcast series where I sit down with other ASMR creators in the space and I talk to them all about their uh, channel, uh, their personal life and kind of everything in between, basically. And today I am joined by James Matthew ASMR. Hi. Um, <laughs> nice to have you. Uh, for those of you guys who maybe aren't familiar with uh, James and his channel, I have a quick summary for you. Uh, so if you couldn't guess, James is a British creator. Uh, currently at the time of filming, he has um, around 55,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel um, across 41 uh, videos, 42 now, I think, actually. Um, I think so. uh, and uh, and he's uh, been uploading now for just over a year. Um, if I was to kind of summarize uh, James's content in terms of a style or a genre of ASMR, um, uh, actually uh, on his on his bio, because I stripped this from his bio, he he classes it as narrative, futuristic, cinematic style. Um, but it's very up close role plays. Um, there's a lot of medical uh, theme stuff in there as well, basically. Um, and on top of all that, uh, James is also in a rock band, uh, a bit of a sculptor, and I think a bit of a geek. So we'll obviously get into all of that. Um, a lot as of we, geek. As we, <laughs> yeah, as we uh, as we go on uh, throughout. But that's a that's a boring summary that I've got, and James is going to give a better one now. So for the people uh, watching or listening, James, who are you today? Today, I'm. Mean, Probably the same person that I've been for a while, but uh, I think that was a pretty good summary. Uh, I like creating videos. I feel that I am a creator first before any ASMR artist. I would put ASMR artist as like a second or third down that loop, but definitely enjoy yeah. creating stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, as you hinted there, I also like music. I like uh, sculpting and art and that kind of stuff. Really big into video games and geeky stuff and making videos making sounds making just making stuff is kind of what I, my thing really definitely yep. sort of is it the right hand side of the brain that's the creative side is it right hand side or left hand side whichever that is i'm gonna this say right i think yeah <laughs> that, that hemisphere <laughs> yeah but no that that's me in a nutshell i would say yeah um and obviously today we'll we'll explore that in in some detail um so yeah if you've never watched this before the way the way it basically works is there's a past a present and a future section obviously we'll be starting with the past and making our way to the future uh, there is some crossover in between um so just so you are and uh, we try to keep this soft spoken try to keep it quite chill but obviously the nature of conversation is things can get a little bit you know up tempo exciting uh so Sorry for that in advance, but hopefully you enjoy it. And yeah, let's dive right in, James. So obviously starting with the past, um, and there's quite a lot to uncover here. Um, and we'll go right back to the beginning of things. What like what type of kid were you growing up? Were you, were you always the arty kid? Maybe a bit of sport in there? Were you quite like a teacher's pet type of kid? <laughs> Tell me about that. Uh, I was a nightmare as a kid, man. <laughs> uh, I think I can summarize this quite easily. Like. So in, in the UK, we have uh, primary school and like nursery and then primary school and then uh, high school. And primary school ages, correct me if I'm wrong, four to 11. You start at four, you leave at 11. Right, yeah. 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 So 
my very first school that I was sent to was a private uh, private school. Don't know why my parents thought that, but they obviously wanted the best for me. So they sent me to a private school called Arnold. And I was asked to leave within the first year. Bear in mind, this is like four to five years old. So I think I was a very loud child and quite disruptive. I was certainly excluded from high school multiple times. Uh, okay. I was. <laughs> I had long hair. I was like into into metal music. I was very much like rebellious. But I kind of feel like as soon as I left high school and I was allowed to kind of be myself and just do my own thing a bit more and mm-hmm. people stopped kind of trying to fit me into a box, I really chilled out. Like, I'm not a nasty person at heart. I'm not sort of mean-spirited. Yeah, I was I just uh, maybe not suited for the school system. <laughs> yeah. So a bit of a bad boy, it seems, but it was kind of like, you know, you just weren't that, you know, that stereotypical kid. Um, and then once you found... was an academic, I would say. Yeah. But once you found your your thing and, and you were surrounded by people that kind of accepted that, that's, that's when you kind of came into your own, is what you're saying. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, how did that like? How did that translate into to what you wanted to do um, as a job growing up? Did you like you know? Because uh, as a kid, you're always asking, "Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up?" And like, you get, you know, I want to be a doctor or a vet or an astronaut. You know, you get some crazy answers. Yeah. What would you What would you answer to that question? You know, as a kid, I, I definitely didn't have this thing where people grow up not knowing what they want to do. I knew pretty early that right. I wanted to do something in like performance or like definitely music. Um, yeah my parents and my family are very kind of like my cousin's an actress my uh, other cousin is a sound engineer both my parents did music my dad stopped those music i still do music with him but so they were very understanding about that but i kind of really thought like music and playing in a band is what i wanted to do and we were kind of it was just when myspace was getting kind of popular and this was like this was great because you could be just a, a garage sort of bedroom band really but you could expose your music to a lot of people that probably wouldn't have otherwise have listened to it and you could have success there like plenty of bands like Brimming the Horizon and kind of things started just on on MySpace so right. as soon as soon as that looked kind of like a viable thing and I was like hang on maybe I could like run with this I kind of very early decided that was what I wanted to do yeah. um and then acting before that I really liked acting I would probably still like to act to just find you know anything with an audience where you're kind of engaging and something creative I find I find fun and have always found fun yeah no 100 percent. like did you did you end up going to like college or university to do anything like musical any no nothing I like no i um i thought the less time i could spend in education the better um <laughs> not that i'm particularly opposed to education as a concept but like in fact i really enjoy learning stuff i just found i found a lot of school wasn't relevant to what i wanted to know I, like for instance, in school, they don't really teach us like financial literacy or like how to do your taxes or no. kind of yeah, stuff you actually need to know how to do. But um, yeah. we do algebra, which I haven't found very relevant in my day to day. Maybe you have in your life, but I don't know. <laughs> Most people I know don't. Not really. Um, so I didn't. I didn't want to go into higher education. Now, if I could re go back and do school, I probably would, just because I'm a lot more chilled as an adult than I was as a kid. I would yeah. probably try and soak up a bit more information rather than just kind of be a bit of a know-it-all like uh you know disruptive kid yeah so did you say i think you said um a couple of minutes ago that your parents were supportive of like the whole you know more and more creative you know than a stereotypical like sciencey kid you know um that type of kid were, were like were your parents supportive of like the band and stuff oh massively yeah, yeah. they've always been it wasn't like they didn't 
they didn't endorse me kind of being naughty as it were or like badly behaved they weren't supportive of that yeah. but they weren't like you're gonna be a a doctor or a lawyer or whatever and anything less than that is kind of not acceptable yeah because um, you say that quite a lot don't you you do um, definitely but i think now maybe people are kind of i think maybe when we, we were younger well i'm 27 i don't i don't know how you, old you are but i imagine they're on my 25 age. yeah 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 my it's kind of um i think more sort of creative things like uh, that were not quite as prevalent in society as they are now i, I agree. think now like digital jobs are considered more kind of like legitimate viable jobs and there's there's a lot more of them as well like things have changed massively i'm not saying that like uh, you know there are still going to be some parents who are going to want their child to be uh, a banker i don't know why but, yeah <laughs> but you know whatever but i think now it's probably a little bit more acceptable yeah to kind of i mean i think apparently according to most uh most kids in high school answered the youtuber was their dream job in the future. <laughs> yeah. i'm sure if they knew the realities it wouldn't actually be that but like <laughs> Yeah, no, I, to- I totally get that. It's definitely becoming, um, you know, stuff like that is becoming more um, acceptable in society. And I feel like, I-, I think like a lot of schools now are doing um, lessons in like coding and stuff like that, which I think is more is more applicable to-, to what we're doing now in society than doing algebra and stuff like that. Um, definitely, yeah. And-, and like you mentioned about taxes and stuff. Um, to backtrack a little bit, did you... How did your band? How did your current band form? Um, was that during school? I'm, I'm I'm guessing you maybe have had people that have came in and out of the band as as you've grew over time. But did that start? Is that yeah. something that started in school, or it was like a, a little? I don't know how it came about. I was, I want to say like 13 when I started playing with uh, a band, which kind of the, the band that I've been in went on like hiatus for kind of five years. We've had like different lineup changes. It's very much morphed into kind of you know what, what it what it's become but yeah yeah we, uh, in high school i think one of the problems we had was that a lot of people you see this with youtube as well some people start their channels very very strong and they're already quite talented and clearly yeah. know the ropes and other people start and it's not great and they sort of learn through it but the band was very much like we started bad <laughs> and sort of learned on the job yeah which uh, is not always the best because like once you've got a name and a kind of image like I mean, every band's got sort of not great first kind of albums, but ours were particularly like, we were, we were like 14, so nobody's great at that age. Maybe <laughs> yeah. Mozart was, but apart from, yeah. apart from Mozart. <laughs> so, like, did you just, was it just like like little local, like, gigs? Like, was that how it was yeah, starting it off? Was, yeah, it was, but this was at the same time that, like, as MySpace was kind of becoming more popular, this was kind of like the early 2000s, big sort of rock, emo, metal metal popularity like my chem were just the biggest deal so yeah the I local music, scene, music yeah 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 same and, and the local music scene was massive here. like we'd play a library and it'd sell out with like 300 kids and like, <laughs> police would be there because people would be trying to get in <laughs> and it wasn't even necessarily that we had a massive local fan base although we did have a good local fan base it was just that was what you did you got like your your cheap vodka from the shop you went out with your friends you back combed your hair you got your rucksack and your your mosh chain and then you, you went to a gig in Blackpool <laughs> and that was that was the whole sort of Blackpool music scene Love and then it. we started getting um I think when sort of Metal Hammer that's a what well, used to be a popular magazine I'm not sure how much people might read magazines anymore but they picked up some of our music featured it on the cover CD that's like the free CD that comes with it and that yeah. was our first kind of exposure to like a bit more of a big audience and we played a few festivals we played like Hammerfest which is again 
Metal Hammer's festival that was in Pristatin in Wales. That was mm-hmm. with some big bands like Five Finger Death Punch and... Uh, okay, I know who they are, yeah. Yeah, and like Anthrax, they're another band, but obviously we weren't playing with them like at a gig, but we were, we were on the same festival, so that was a kind of a bit more of a leg up. And yeah. then, yeah, from there we toured, played some European festivals, kind of went around the world. Nice. Went on a five-year hiatus and then coronavirus, but... Um, our next show was supposed to be in 2020 with uh, Slipknot in Bulgaria, but wow. that got postponed to 2021 oh. and now eventually next year. So hopefully next year. Hopefully next year. So the current situation is your, is it like, you know, is it being a creator on YouTube and then the band or like, do you, do you work? That order. Is, yeah. yeah. Over lockdown, obviously music became unviable. Like you could still write and release music, but there was no gigs or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was around about the time I was just kind of wanting to do something else. So uh, I got back into art and stuff and, um, you know, made a channel, something that I wanted to do for a while. And I think that sort of peaked quite early. Not peaked, but it, it picked up quite early. It was like my yeah. third video that kind of got picked up by the algorithm. Mm-hmm. So I had a fan base quite quickly, but I feel now it's kind of tempered out. It's kind of been more steady. But yeah. uh, it, it quickly picked up to the point where it was relatively viable as a, a financial sort of thing and i could do it more like a job than just a hobby kind of thing yeah yeah how, how did you come across asmr in the first place just as like a as a viewer <laughs> or or have you never have you never been like a an avid an avid viewer and do you have like i was asked is there like a first video that like pops into your mind it's like okay this was like my, my first like proper I've got ASMR some great stories here man i've got some Go great on, stories here let's go so i've been following asmr for probably like 11 years now oh so like the creation of it yeah yeah since before it used to be the uh like the whisper community before asmr was even what we called it and um some of the first channels i got into was like maria gentle whispering when she had a measly five thousand subscribers Mm -hmm. i was like one of her her first viewers and we became really good friends because she liked the band and um believe it or not maria likes rock music music. (laughs) funny right (laughs) but that's insane I knew her, I knew her husband, um, and it was through her that she kind of introduced me to like uh, Heather Feather's channel, Ali ASMR Request, who is still probably one of my favorite channels ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just like right since the beginning, I've watched ASMR, and um, I have some cool ASMR stories, but we'll maybe get to them later. But yeah, for a long time. Yeah, so like, how did you get into that community in the first place? Was it like, That's was it? Point, yeah. Did you need like, um, like, was it like a mental outlet for you, like a mental health outlet? This is a boring answer, but I, I can't remember. Can't like, remember too long ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually. I, I remember getting ASMR in real life quite a bit, definitely from things like eye tests and uh, right. Yeah, I think eye tests were the first thing that I sort of experienced in real life, and I'd had it since I was a child, but. I can't remember when can't remember. I first put two and two together and was like, oh, that's this thing. But yeah. um, it it was definitely something that I'd watch every night before sleep and have done for like, you know, over a decade now kind of thing. Yeah. But it's kind of, it's changed so much, ASMR. It's, it's really, it's really grown and it's also kind of grown in its scope and its budgets and its production value. And in a way that's kind of appealing because now it can be, it can really be anything as long as it's got a kind of relaxing... It's hypnotic, slash kind of sleep-inducing sort of yeah. vibe to it. Yeah, there's a lot of different, you know, genres and subgenres and stuff like that, which I think is like one of the most beautiful things. And and like you go back to to saying about the eye tests and stuff, and I had someone tell me about 
um, I don't know if you had this experience, but like when you were a kid, you go into like a, a shop like Clark's and um, they would like oh, yeah. put the f- yeah. put the shoes on for you and they would like measure around your feet to see like what size you were. And they got like tingles from that, like all the way back then. As, like, I did too. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Although that's one, that's one I find really hard to recreate in a video because it's almost like right. part, part sensation based. I feel like some ASMR has to be unintentional and real life for it to kind of be as potent as as it can be yeah did you like have you ever struggled with like you know anxiety depression insomnia anything like that and 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 kind of had asmr there as like a a way to kind of cope with that or has that never been a case for you i do have i've definitely had my own battles with those things um and sleep has definitely helped with them or like it's something that you do more if you kind of feel maybe not anxious but certainly with depression you can sleep a lot and uh yeah it's 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 a nice little sanctuary asmr kind of at the end of the day you know regardless of what you've got going on it's nice to kind of get into your little bed your cocoon and sort of uh <laughs> plug in with your phone and kind of go to your favorite creators and it feels like a very this term has become a bit loaded but it, it feels a, a bit of a safe space and kind of like, right no like a, also like a, a little mental sort of prism where you can kind of block out whatever's sort of in your peripheral yeah and uh yeah it's got a very comforting feeling to it it feels like comfort food or sort of video gaming which are also both forms of escapism which i guess Mm -hmm. is a kind of theme here but i think uh, especially with the role plays it's a form of kind of pre-sleep escapism where you can leave your troubles kind of wherever right 100 percent. and i think like you know the channels that do that like with the immersion and stuff like that are so good obviously you do you do very well um you you know it's like amy k's that's they stand out to me um, yeah, who do that really well. immersion aspect so well um and i get what you're saying like i look forward to going to sleep every night now because i'm like i'm just gonna mm-hmm. wrap myself up you know put some asmr on and it's gonna be a good time what like what what gave you that motivation to to start your own channel and take that you know transition from being a viewer to to kind of you know doing it yourself and i guess at the same time you know looking at when you started um, it was in the coronavirus pandemic and did that give you the the push as well because i i i tend to call that like the the creator boom now because a lot of it channels was, yeah. started during that time me included obviously you yourself so can you touch on that a little bit yeah i think the the coronavirus pandemic was a net negative for planet earth but certainly for a lot of individuals like including me it was probably a net positive like i mm-hmm. have stuff in my life now that i wouldn't like i have a different job <laughs> i've definitely got a lot of friends and people that i know through the community that i really really value as people and enjoy their company i went to yeah. a meet up the other day that was awesome like i wouldn't yeah. have wouldn't have got to experience that but i think it was probably just kind of a lot of things aligning it was the pandemic and um i cleared out my attic which is quite a big attic which i've been meaning to do for like 20 years it was like just piled with stuff but i really sort of knuckled down and turned it into a studio which is a space that if i didn't have i couldn't make videos um yeah it was just the time and also the space and the fact that i just kind of had an itch to like do something creative and i thought because i've been watching it for so long i have an idea what i really like to see in asmr right and could create that and maybe if i think if i want those things maybe other people would find it appealing Yeah. yeah I think that's the perfect recipe to get started. Plus the fact that it's very evident that you're very tech savvy. Like how, how did, 
did that come you know where did that come from like growing up like how did you get into you know audio and video and obviously like i can see in your background like you've got you know you've got some good equipment there was that something that evolved as you done asmr or like piano is covered in gels right now (laughs) they're things that you put over lights to make them different colors but yeah i should probably get a space for them but i've got a green screen over there and um probably music like one of the things that I loved about me about music more than anything else was the production side. So mm-hmm. like, I was the one that did all the production for my band. So we'd come in, we'd record with me, and I'd be the one like tinkering, and sort of. I like the idea of just creating something from nothing and having that total control to like, craft something into what you want it to be, which is kind of also like sculpture in a way. But yeah. I actually find the process of making videos and doing the effects and stuff really similar really incredibly similar to audio editing mm-hmm. like obviously there is a learning curve but i feel like if your brain is wired in a way to understand audio production like the layers and like how they interact with each other you will be a natural at video production yeah and yeah. it's always it's something i liked growing up as well like when i when i liked acting i also wanted to be like a film director or sort of a editor slash creator so it, yeah it just felt like a natural a natural kind of thing for me i always liked just visuals and vi- audio visual as a kind of experience also the yeah. video games which is not something that i can make myself but it's also like obviously a very technically involved process it's got like all the similar kind of like immersion right. aspects to it so all yeah. those things kind of tie into one for me in my head did you did you put any pressure on yourself like when you first started like did you have any early expectations like okay after this amount of time you know i want to achieve this always it kind of like oh i'm just gonna go in with it and and just see how it goes and just kind of do it more for, for fun or did you really like push yourself no I, th- I don't really do things by halves i think a lot of people try a lot of things like my girlfriend is almost wired opposite to me she will like throw herself into anything she does regardless of whether she has any prior sort of experience which makes her really good at like adapting to new situations right but for me i'm very much like I don't do something unless I feel like I can do it really well, mm-hmm. which means there's a lot of things I just don't do. Yeah. <laughs> but on the yeah. flip side, it means that if I do do something, I'm like damn well going to throw my all at it and really try and make it as good as I can. I also yeah. think that's a bit of a gap in the market. Like everybody starts a channel, but if you can set yourself apart with like really clean audio visual from the start and something interesting, I think it at least gives you a fighting chance better than you know some people that might not have made that yeah. you know put that time in and i think a lot of people like you know you see people's first uh, asmr videos and it's normally titled like oh this is my first asmr video or trying asmr <laughs> for the first time and if you go in with like if you come into that with great audio and great production people are gonna be like what is going on like you know this is your first <laughs> video like how, like how are you so good already and like that'll just give you that head start and i feel like i think like you had that yourself Thank you. Did you have anyone in the community um, who was already created? Did they inspire you in a way to say that, like, okay, I'm not going to copy off this person, but what they're doing with their content, I really respect, and I'd love to, you know, transition some of that into my stuff. And I guess at the same time, was there anyone outside the community that also give you that push? You know, maybe it was maybe it was your girlfriend or you know a friend in the band or someone like that. Yeah, yeah, probably yes to both, but um, I think it was. I always come back to her, but Ali ASMR requests, if you've not seen her or like watched her. Yeah. Her, like, I feel like she just did something that nobody else was doing in that. Uh, she has a series called, I think it's like Frontiers or something like that. Um, Departures, that's it. Right. 
and it's a two-part like sci-fi one and it's probably about eight or nine years old now and just like the green screen the fact she does like overlay effects with like little devices that like the light tracks and it wasn't there and then she like brings up a screen that she's typing stuff in and it's not just like it's not done badly it's done really really well and like the audio effects just the kind of way that she plants herself in a scene by like having just a background hum of like a spaceship it's really sort of a bit like i don't know i just when i saw that ages ago i was like this is asmr for me this is like Mm -hmm. It's it's immersive in the same way that like again sorry to come back to it but like in the same way that video games try their best to like plant you in a world I think yeah ASMR for me is the most potent when you like actually believe you're there so yeah Ali ASMR request was someone that I kind of I didn't want to copy her videos but I wanted to copy her level of production right commitment yeah yeah uh, atmosphere was someone that I really liked um I think she's less like polished technically. Like, there are people that are better than her in terms of technicality, but mm-hmm. she's so original and cool in her ideas, and they're just well out of left field. Um, I really liked how abstract it was and just kind of... It didn't fit into any sort of already established video sort of format. Right, yeah. Uh, Atlas was someone that I watched while I was doing my channel, so he wasn't, like, an inspiration midway through, but he's someone that I really like now just for his visuals, and I really like him personally. He's a yeah. nice guy. He's one of them creators that you think, oh, you think production value, you know, you think of him, right? It's just, it's just insane what he does with the, with the videos. And I think in general, like the community as a whole, like there's so much talent in this community and it's like, yeah, it's, mind, it's mind blowing to think about. And that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast in the first place. Cause I just want to, you know, unlock that and tell people stories because, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing what, what they do and what, like what you're doing. Like I could never do anything like that. Um, I'm so, sure you could. I'm sure you could. I I do pick things up quite easily, um, but it's it's like I I know how much you know time and effort you must put into your videos, and it's it's super admirable. Um, Thank you very much, man. I don't think it's that unachievable. I think if it's more of an attitude thing rather than a talent thing. I think yeah. If like if you've got the attitude that you want to be good at it, then like practice beats talent like ten times in a row. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, that kind of concludes like the past section. Like I said, there's a bit of crossover. Um, we're going to move on to more present day stuff. But again, this is going to basically for this section, I kind of um, look at your videos on your channel and go right back to the first one. Um, and I kind of analyze them a little bit. Um, so yeah, your first ever video is titled Painting Your Portrait on a Stormy Day. Um, and that actually has 75 thousand views which is insane for a first video and like i say i always say this but you know i'm looking at these views in real time right obviously that's increased over time um but i'm guessing it done pretty well was that actually your first ever video because i know some people kind of delete them because they're not happy with it or they find it cringy is that actually it did well retrospectively that video right. so i posted that um it probably got about 200 views posted another one probably about 200 views right okay. then another one and then i think it was my third or fourth one where the channel took off and it was only my channel took off if you got four videos so if people are if you're getting 10,000 subs and you only got four videos they don't have a big pool of other videos to pick from you know there aren't like 40 other videos so they I go see back what you're to, saying they right. go back to one of your other ones and it. that was like one of the ones that kind of picked up in that time yeah uh, it was genuinely my first video yeah um and it was everything that i'd like all the time I've been thinking I want to start a channel 
I was like, this is the video I want people to, to make, but nobody's making it, so I'm going to make it. Like, yeah. like just being somewhere cozy with, like, the rain and, like, an overcast sort of background. I'm like, I love rain. I love combining it in my videos. And yep. there's some of my videos with rain, maybe a little bit, but I thought, this is, the, this is, like, the perfect video. If I saw this, I would click this. Yep. So I wanted to make my first video, like the one that i've been thinking about for a while which which was that one which was that one and i, I know i know you're gonna critique yourself here but like you know i watched that video back and for a first video and obviously you know the quality is something that was very important to you like we touched on before and like how important that was going into creating the channel but in my opinion like the green screen is is on point um and and like i wrote down in my notes obviously we've talked now so i know this but i i wrote down like oh you've obviously had experience you know with camera setups and, and stuff like that um and you know it was obviously clear to me through that video that you just wanted to make a good impression right yeah massively man and thank you i really really appreciate it it's no. funny like even though you'd expect after a year you obviously get better and i do think i've got better i feel then there was no pressure with like a time schedule like i didn't mm -hmm. have to upload once a week i could spend a month on a video if i wanted to so it's almost like even though now i think i'm i'm more efficient at what i do my first videos I had way more time on. I spent a lot, like I put a lot of love into them because there was there was literally no expectation. I didn't yep. have to worry about like algorithms or anything like that. So even though I think I'm, I'm I know more now, I think I yeah. put a lot of effort into those videos still. So I'm, I don't cringe when I look back at them. I'm not like, oh, they're terrible. Like I am still yeah. proud of them. <laughs> but yeah, but I feel like it's different with you, right? Because you just went in knowing like I need to, you know, I need to put all this quality in, and and obviously most channels just don't do that. And you watch the first videos, and they're either like super quiet, and you can't like hardly hear them and stuff like that. And it's like, obviously with you, it was different. You know, I normally I I normally try try to look for like trends in the videos and see like okay, you know, they have a hundred views, thousand views, and like I try to see where like things started to spike, like. It was but for my. You, uh, but for you, I test one. The I test one. But like me looking at your videos, right? It's like you said, you know, the fourth video blew up, and then the rest of them kind of became saturated as a result of that, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it it was hard to see that from from looking at it. Um, and I think I wrote down here only took you five videos to surpass that six figure uh, mark which obviously a hundred thousand views um which was a cranial nerve exam um and that currently has uh 238 000 views which is is, one is before that actually it's it insane the, it was the itis video just before that which has that's still the most videos on my channel which i think is about 300 which is okay for a channel my size yeah like just i can't even like comprehend that many getting that many views so uh, <laughs> so early on um and and like like you just said you know it's still one of your most successful um you know videos to date um but it's a popular it's a popular video in general right um like a cranial nerve exam like a lot mm. of people do it you know they're very popular yeah. um like how did you go about preparing um i guess that first one um in a way that made it stand out from what what already was out there in you know in the asmr space it's a good question that mm -hmm. especially because i feel like um a bit of a trap that my channel has fallen into is that the algorithm obviously like wherever your first most successful video is it tends to almost kind of pigeonhole you a little bit it because does. all the subscribers that you get come from that one video which means that to this day cranial nerve or doctor videos are always going to be the most successful thing on my channel that yeah. being said like i kind of like for a start i like them so i've watched a lot of them so it wasn't a massive amount of research to kind of put one together. I kind of knew like the triggers that I liked and how I liked people right. to do them. Yeah, the yeah. other thing was like, 
when I think about what makes me click a video, there's no sort of, I don't look for it to be reinventing the wheel. I just look for it to be, to look good, to look like it's well done, to look realistic. And also I think if it's got a cozy vibe, like that cranial nerve exam kind of has like a kind of pinkish blue, more sort of nighttime tone going on to it. Right. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I just thought if I could make a nice looking, efficient one with good sound to a high quality one, I think that's enough to, to put you in the running for kind of people's consideration. I don't think it has to be crazy or Different, like new right. or whatever, just, just no. to do it really well because ASMR people constantly consume the same content, don't we? Like we 100%. watch, I've watched so many eye exams, like I've done so many eye exams. Like it's, it's almost like it doesn't get old really. I mean, obviously you want to keep pushing the creative boundaries, but like, it's not, it's not like everything needs to be no original <laughs> yeah and it, it's just it's hard to achieve that in general right there's so there's like um, i think i think i found a start in 2018 there was like 1.8 million asmr videos on youtube um and that's probably doubled since then you know what i mean Is with, that the all? with the recent boom i think it was i'm I really think surprised I, by that i think, I think in 2018 yeah i think in 2018 you know i don't know how reliable the source was but in 2018 it was 1.8 million um because i feel some creators have like 400 500 videos so yeah like, yeah <laughs> i'm surprised by that that's, that's less than i would have thought no i would have thought hundreds of millions personally. yeah no um and you know you kind of touched on it when you first talked about that there because i wrote like you kind of shoot yourself in the foot with these videos right um like you said you kind of got yeah. pigeonholed into doing into doing that and at the back of your mind because i've i've seen the same um the same type of thing obviously not to the same scale um but you're always thinking like you know okay if i do this video it's not it's not gonna perform as well as like a medical exam video is gonna is that always a like is that always a thought that you that you kind of have when you when you're like brainstorming yes. ideas i think youtube systematically depending on where you are in the algorithm stifles creativity without a doubt because i have ideas i would love to do that i would love to push the boat out with it's a bit different if you're a channel like atlas i feel like for whatever reason the algorithm has pushed into an audience who are really open to kind of that style of asmr which means he's kind of got a bit more freedom to make something that he wants to make but if you're if you have a very traditional crowd and there's always going to be like a small percentage of your audience that will check out and enjoy whatever you do but for instance i've just done a victorian alchemist one and these videos right. take like five or six times longer than just a medical one huge amount of work like super cinematic <laughs> super amount of work on the green screen and like the costumes and the props i made some leeches for it i literally sculpted them like wow. actual leeches didn't then cast them in silicon i made like aged paper with like tea and got like a feather with like a you know like a, a quill um i got bottles of laundry and arsenic and opium from my auntie who's like a history buff so like this is a lot more work than a normal video and it's like out of the past 10 videos it's the eighth uh it's the eighth most successful meaning it's it's nearly the worst performing on my channel in a while it's not even it. hit the kind of i say not even obviously it's still a decent amount it's of views but like usually my videos will hit 10k in the first day that's kind of quite a, a normal standard and it, it's not made that so far mm -hmm. so I, I don't think that's people's fault i don't blame the people that watch. obviously i don't blame the people that watch it but i think algorithmically yeah um and i feel i heard this from so many creators like it pushes you to be more generic more mass appeal and like less creative less 100%. interesting less new ideas which i think is a proper problem it's a yeah. shame like it, it bores me as well like i prefer to be more creative with my videos but 
I do feel a bit pigeonholed sometimes. I mean, it definitely gets you down, right? Like, it's like, you know, I can't, I can't produce, you know, as, as you've just described, you know, you put all that time, effort into the props, everything. And I knew where you were going with that, with that statement yeah. before you finished it. Like, yeah, it, it, it really does. It really does suck. Um, and yeah, it, I was curious, actually, when you were talking about it, um, what is the, what's the watch time on that like compared to your average? Is it like, is it higher than normal? Normal watch time. I think my watch time is about 10 to 11 minutes, which is reasonable for a 20 minute video. I mean, um, that's, that's mad. I would, I would love to have that. <laughs> I think, I think people watch longer on, um, I was saying this to Lizzie, who I know mm -hmm. you had on your podcast. She's a, yeah. a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, she was saying that she had a high click through, but kind of low watch time on some of them. And I think that's because a lot of the stuff that she does does not follow a established template. So if it's like a Resident Evil kind of video, there's right. no like, you don't know what triggers you're going to get in a Resident Evil <laughs> no. role play. Yeah. But in, in a cranial nerve or an eye test, like we were saying, people have watched a thousand of them already. They know what triggers there are. They know when they're coming in, like they, they enjoy it. There's like a very much kind of, you stick around for it kind of thing. So right. I think just naturally the watch time on exams and things or like haircuts and things that follow a sort of established uh timeline right they have yeah. higher watch time than, than kind of more experimental videos if that makes sense but yeah, yeah. It, the thing is about these videos that don't do as well the numbers on them are quite are quite good like they get more comments they get more likes they get more interaction than know, some of the yeah. more successful videos so it's like the people that watch them enjoy them but youtube doesn't push them out to as big an audience so they don't do as well yeah overall it's difficult isn't it you know, because that video you produced yesterday, at the same time as well, it's like how many people are, you know, typing into the search bar on YouTube something that would like that would pull that up as well. It's it's hard, isn't it? It's it's that balance between getting it generic enough to have to get them views through the algorithm, but then also like diverse enough for it to be like something new and something fresh. You know what I mean? I guess it's yeah, I guess it's a hard I, balance. I think I think. I'm never going to kind of totally omit them from my channel because I'd just be so bored creatively not doing those kind of things. Yeah. I guess my dream would be build my channel and audience, my core audience big enough so that I can do these kind of videos and maybe bring people along for the ride. So maybe you wouldn't typically have clicked on that, but because I'm a channel that you might watch regularly, you might give it more of a chance kind of thing. Yeah. At 55k subs, it's, obviously I'm not in that position yet, but maybe I'll get there one yeah. day. I mean, you know, if I'm if I'm looking at you from the outside, this is going to sound like I'm disgusting you because you're on the podcast, but I'm being serious. Like, if, you know, I think whatever you do going forward is is only going to just keep bringing more people in because I feel like you've got everything, you know. You've been watching ASMR for so long, so you know how it works. You know, you know, the the body language you need, the demeanor that you need. Um, your quality is on point. Um and obviously, you know, you're a good looking British man. And I feel like that's like, it just, it's just this perfect recipe. You know what I mean? So like, I can't see that. I can't see that failing or your channel ever like stagnating or declining or anything. Like I just, I just, I just, I personally can't. Thanks um, man. I mean, it's, so, it's been growing quite silly recently, but I don't know if that's to do with my output being, it's been relatively consistent, but I definitely feel like I had a big break early on and it's kind of gone like, like that. I only, yeah. I, I mean, at the moment, I'm only kind of getting about 2k new subs a month. I mean, at my peak, I, I was getting about you know six to six to ten. So it's, I feel like it's kind of leveled out. 
and I'm just waiting for that that other boost. But thank you for the really kind words. I really appreciate it. No, I, I genuinely mean them. Do you have like a um, do you have like a set upload schedule? Mm, yeah, kind of. I mean, more than I used to. I try and upload on either a mon Monday to Wednesday or a Sunday. I don't know why. I like, I've uploaded videos on Thursdays and it's been fine. And mm -hmm. I try and do once every seven to ten days. So I aim for once a week. It it generally works out to like once every just under two weeks. Probably once every like eleven days. I try right. and get out f three to four in a month usually. Right. But yeah. it's it's harder when you're doing like uh, the kind of green screen effecty videos. Like they're obviously more work than just kind of a it just adds more time a, you know yeah. like a set up and shoot kind of thing obviously you still got the script then but yeah it just adds more and then like render times it can take 24 to 30 <laughs> hours just to output a video sometimes so yeah it, it, you've all got to take it into consideration yeah um you know again looking at your back at your channel and your videos altogether you've had 10 videos that have surpassed uh 100 000 views I think one. I think one was like teetering, um, and I included that. Um, yeah, it got there. <laughs> it got there. It got there. Good, good. Um, which I think is an incredible feat. You know, you've only got forty-one videos on your channel, and ten of them have surpassed hundred thousand views. Like, it's it's crazy to me to like think about. Have you like ever thought about like contextualized that amount of people like watch like watching something at once? Because like you know, hundred thousand views. That's like someone. That's like the full. Um, the Barcelona Stadium, the new camp, that's like the full new camp looking down on you kind of thing, like, and just yeah. watching you do something. Like, it's mind blowing when you think about it like that, right? It's really weird when it comes to other creators, especially when they feel down on themselves. I, I do, I can put my headset in exactly what you're doing now. And like, I'm like that hype man. But for some reason, when it comes to myself, I always feel like, and it's, it's not for a lack of appreciation. I think it's more just, um, if you like if you're a perfectionist you're always kind of aiming upwards which means you're always seeing the negatives in in things I'm and like you're a... always wanting something to be better and kind of yep. especially when i have quite a lot of friends with really big channels which means if you surround yourself with people who are way more successful than you you can kind of feel like the least successful person in the room which can kind of give you a bit of a warped perspective whereas really you should be looking at yeah like when you put it like that like for your videos like 25% of them have all surpassed at least 100k. That is absolutely mad, especially when I think about my first video getting 100k. I was absolutely elated. <laughs> it was like yeah. an amazing feeling because I didn't think I would get there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny how YouTube moves the goalposts. Like I was just saying before how I am disappointed that my new video has not surpassed its usual sort of 10k mark, but it still had like 8,000 views in 24 hours, which yep. is so crazy, you know, like some Mental. channels especially when I see other channels who are new and if they get a thousand views there, they're so happy. And I just think like how much of a prick I am no. <laughs> feeling the way that I do. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I totally get that mindset, but like, you know, I'm a perfectionist as well. And it's like, you know, I put myself in this environment because everyone that I've had on, you know, is, uh, is more successful than me at the same, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, I can't escape it, but like, I love talking about their channels and their success. You know what I mean? So it's um it's difficult but like back to them 10 videos you know seven of them which probably you know isn't a surprise to you but seven of them are medical related um with your most popular one I'm being i'm more surprised i managed to get three non-medical videos <laughs> over 100k <laughs> <laughs> um you know the most popular one is the eye exam doctor roleplay which i think you talked about at the start which has 331,000 views 
what what makes that video in particular obviously that's your most viewed what makes that one stand out from from the rest of them in your opinion or is that was that one just kind of um like a cause and effect a, the right place right time type of scenario a computer decided it was the one which yeah. meant at the start of my channel a stupid amount of people saw it like <laughs> it's so funny how like there is no rhyme or reason to it. You can sit there trying to analyze what's different about it. And it is literally just a computer decided this is the one. And That's like, it. it's got, like, if you look at the impressions bit, the impressions is like just how many people YouTube shows this video to. Before they it's like on it, 15 yeah. million or something. <laughs> like, That's but a, a computer just decides <laughs> that, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm happy because it was my, it was my first ever kind of eye test. And I did it on, <laughs> I used a background from Alien Isolation because I, I thought that was another thing from playing video games. I thought there's some great backgrounds here and yet everybody just uses a picture. So like, if I could sort of take this and time myself into this world, obviously I, I changed quite a few things about it. Like I, I tested it up, but um, yeah. Yeah, it was my first ever eye test and it was the, it was just the, the video that the algorithm liked the most and was kind of the catalyst for my channel. I think I've definitely done better videos than that, but yeah. you know, it, it's fine. I mean, that video as well. <laughs> It was, um, for some reason, I decided I was going to put a mask on just for a little bit of it. But um, I left my nose out of my mask, which is something I never do in real life. And like so <laughs> many of the comments were just roasting me for it. Like every fifth comment was probably about the mask <laughs> to the point where I had to put a PSA out and pin it as the top comment. I'm like, listen, if you're thinking about pointing out that my mask is not on, I am aware. I do know it was just a mistake please don't type it. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I've just got to own it, don't I? Yeah, it was dumb. I'm really sorry about that. There's only so many times I can apologize for it. Like, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, Like, you know, I've never done any uh, any videos with a green screen. I, I wanted to ask, like, um, how careful do you have to be when, when you're choosing the, the, like, the, the picture for the background in terms of, like, you know, copyright and stuff like that? Is that a, is that a big factor that goes into it? Um, not as much because the the image, well, I tend to use video actually. I've made my backgrounds in loads of different ways. My spa mm -hmm. video is actually, I set my downstairs room up. Like I took out my sofa and I set it up like the background <laughs> I wanted, filmed it down there, brought it back upstairs and kind of, it's, it's easier that way than actually filming the whole video down there because you can control. If I were to just sit in front of that, I wouldn't look great. But in front of a green screen, I can light myself nicely and sort of, you know, you can do the, you can fiddle with them both independently. But yeah, exactly. I've done that. I've taken my own pictures. I've bought pictures from Shutterstock and then changed them enough so I feel kind of like they're more, you know, like combine them with other pictures kind of thing. So okay. there is nothing that I've used on my background that is just taken the way it was with nothing changed to it. You've always and, wanted a bit of James. Yeah. And, and the other thing with creative license is that that would, that does fall under that. If you're taking something, and meaningfully changing it to the point where it's become a new product. Mm -hmm. um, you can use that under Creative Commons. It's only when you're sort of copying something just like one-to-one -one and it's taken away from the original source. For instance, like I've used some Red Dead inspired backgrounds. Yeah. Like if people watching my video would stop them from consuming the Red Dead content, then it would be a copyright issue. But because they're completely different, right. it's, uh, it's, it's okay. So I've never yeah. really worried too much legally. That's some good insight because I just I've always wondered that, um, like because I've never dived into it. But yeah, I, I yeah. respect that. Do you 
I'm this is kind of like a stupid question. Do you like do you always think about you know how you can take your content to the next level? You know, maybe reaching a video that has a million views, right? Because that's the next benchmark, I guess. Is that always like you know a thought that crosses your mind mm. quite a lot? I don't know. I feel I feel like I'm a bit down on the algorithm right now. I feel if it does, it'll probably be a normal medical one rather than an idea that I'm really like this is outstanding kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, simply because whenever I, I feel like I get my best ideas, they tend to be some of the worst performing ones on my channel. So I think, will I get a video at a million views one day? Maybe. Like I haven't had a, I haven't so. had a video blow up in ages. Mm -hmm. Like the, there's a steady stream of them that continue to just kind of tick over the 100k mark, which is great. Yep. But I haven't had anything sort of do really, really well in a while. So I feel like if you do it long enough, statistically, probably, yeah. <laughs> you just, but, yeah. Because um, that was yeah. your question is like, what do you think it'll take? And I was like, right. And then I was like, it, nine times out of 10, it's just going to be, it's just going to be just timing. Gonna be, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It'll, it'll take your computer going that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the one I'll choose to trend today. Yep. Um, I, I guess another way of looking at that question is, uh, what are the areas that you think you could improve on um, with your content? That's a really good point. I think I could, working within the confines of the idea that like there's a certain established role play that does well, I feel like I could probably be more creative in my choice. Like they don't always, like you could do medical ones, but you can do different sort of medical ones. I feel yeah. like I <clears throat> could upload more regularly um and also I, i've got a big big list of notes with video ideas right. at some point i just kind of want to make them regardless of whether whether the algorithm will like them and just kind of put them out consistently i feel like my motivation is very much like i have spikes where i'm like yes and then like lulls and i feel like if i just had a period like this mm -hmm. i could get it a lot help. done with my channel <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's hard to reflect sometimes i think um and like i say like we both said like a lot of the time it's just it's just getting that algorithm to be on your side and it's nothing that we can we can influence yeah um what like <laughs> again it's one of these questions where i wrote it down i thought i know what the answer is what what are your favorite videos to, to film because I, I can imagine and i think i've seen posts from you where um you know you've expressed how hard it is to keep doing these medical role plays over and over again um so i'm guessing they're not your favorites to film do you have like a, a particular style i guess they're, they're actually my they're my favorites in the fact that I don't need to learn a script for them because okay. they're good in the fact that also obviously doctors write stuff down which means they have a notepad which mm -hmm. means I can just bullet point the next thing which and I know them well enough that I can pretty much do them really confidently I never have like a brain fog moment where I'm like I don't know what to say like it's it's almost a role that I can just kind of fill easily so they're the ones I feel most relaxed doing yeah um my favorites are probably the really weird out there ones like i did a taxi driver one and my dad helped me move two green screens and lights outside into the the you know for the car in the driveway um and that was just you know fucking nuts but it, it was hard work but i'm um, sorry i just swore then i realized <laughs> that's fine um, uh it was hard work but the ones also collaborations actually collaborations are really really fun because you get bored of your own ideas. And especially if you're working with, I just did one with uh, Atlas and he's just, he's got so many great ideas and he's so funny, like it came out really funny. Um, yeah. So that like seeing other creators who are good at what they do. And if they're working on a video with you kind of pushes you to kind of 
become your best rather than just kind of do good mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. What what are, what are your favorite videos to to watch? I think you've already kind of touched on it because you know, like you said at the start, you you watched a lot of videos and you took that into what you do yourself. So is it similar similar type of videos that you that you like to? Yeah, it um, depends consume? actually. Like the videos that I watch for inspiration and not the videos I watch for ASMR. Okay. Like, I'll happily kick back and watch Lizzie stuff. I watch Cat Bailey stuff. I watch Alex's stuff. I watch Quaint ASMR stuff. I watch the Healing Room stuff. None of them I'll watch for sleep. I just watch them because I find them, I find them inspiring in, like in what they're doing. Yeah. When it comes to sleep, um, I actually can't watch, <laughs> can't watch ASMR in the same <laughs> way that I used to because I, like when you do it for work, it just it, I know what you mean. it changes it. I know what the next trigger is going to be. I know how they're yeah. going to do it. I know how they're going to say it because like I've just filmed one. So yeah. I, I, I like um, SRP ASMR. He's like just I, um, just I sort of triggers and like optician triggers. Right. He is an actual optician. Um, yeah, that's crazy. And he has access to an optician sort of room and equipment. So the it, it's all, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all kind of that stuff. But uh-huh. um, yeah, I definitely watch less ASMR now than I used to. But in terms of just watching for inspiration, yeah, all, all those channels. Actually, Kim, yeah. ASMR with Kim. I, I watch her for inspiration and I like I like her, um, her stuff. The other thing is I tend to know a lot of these creators now. It's it's a bit weird when you know some of them and they're your it, friends. It makes it weird. A hundred percent makes it, it weird. It does make it weird. Yeah. No. I feel like that's the thing anyway. Like when you show like a family member or friend who isn't, you know, um, who doesn't know what ASMR is, I think that's what automatically makes it weird because you're showing yeah. them you who you who they know very well doing something like very weird so it doesn't Absolutely. help the whole notion that like asmr is weird i don't think it is but it can be you know once you get to know someone it's like no i know it I can be and also it's a weird concept if you don't get it and you kind of have to be in the sort of circle you, of knowing you've got to be open-minded yeah yeah and i also feel like because it's expanded so much to kind of new genres and new styles lots of things that are weird and now asmr like uh the eating one i can't remember what they call that mukbang right. and then there's there's like only fans asmr which is kind of leaning into the whole sexualizing of it which mm-hmm. you know fair enough if you want to do that kind of thing but yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot more weird stuff out there that kind of is it's a bit more fringe and is now also in the umbrella of asmr so that people see him go like the amount of people have to tell it's not a kink it's not sexual just every day all the time yeah yeah no it doesn't yeah that doesn't help and i I know exactly what you're saying but at the end of the day it's like anything in the entire world can be made sexual and obviously asmr is one of those things and it's like you know it's intimate yeah some people mistake for sort of sexual vibe and sometimes it can be sexual like but i think it's also the stuff the stuff sort of slow speaking is also kind of like it can have a sexy vibe to it also a lot of creators are incredibly good looking. I feel it's just a link between like <laughs> girls who are really good looking and wanting to do ASMR, which means that yeah. a lot of people automatically look at it and go, oh, a beautiful woman, whispering slow, very close to my face, kind of sensual. It must be <laughs> sexual, but it isn't. <laughs> yeah. No, I like, I've never had, I've never had any, any, th- any like sexual thought while watching an ASMR video. It's just, it's just not it's not what i watch it for i watch it to to, to sleep to no to i watch calm guys like i watch plenty of like yeah both women, women like... and guys and like i watch young people old people people that i would have absolutely no interest in you know <laughs> sexually at all and it mm-hmm. doesn't matter because as you've said it's it's not it's not that like it can be 
But I kind of yeah. feel like if if it is sexy, aren't you just focusing on the the this that part of it? You know, it's trying to evoke a feeling, and now it's invoked attraction rather than what you're trying to invoke, which is relaxation. Yeah. Which is kind I, of like one's the kind of polar opposites, really, when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've I do I've done a lot of boyfriend role plays. I think you've done a, bo- a boyfriend role play as well, right? One. So it's you done one, one, yeah. I seen it. I was like, I know, I know he's done one. <laughs> it's one of those things that everybody requests, but nobody watched. So that's uh, the only one that's going to ever exist ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously the next question was creators you admire, but I think you've touched on, on, on them. Um, and I'd love to get some, I've, I've had some of them on. And I'd, I'd love to get, I'd love to get some, some of the others that you mentioned on have, as well. Cause have you ever got anybody that is no longer doing ASMR that used to, like Heather Feather or Ali ASMR requests. No, that would be a would, good. Because they're the people I'd love to know. Like, why did you get away from it? Like, and and maybe you could just talk about the past bit. Obviously, there's no yeah. present or future there. But I, I know that I would love to just hear from those creators that I've not heard from or seen from anything from in, in years. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to do some research into that. Good luck getting in touch with them. <laughs> I know it's hard enough. It's. I mean, I get scared anyway talking to like big creators and like DMing them. Like, do you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> I feel like I'm... most of the time they say yes, though, don't they? The... I well, I don't. I don't want to hype myself up. A lot of the time, a lot of time, people say yes. Um, most of the time, it's like, no, I can't do it right now. Um, I've got such and such on. We'll do it in the future. That that kind of comes up, but I expect that. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. You know, I've had people that I've messaged and then we filmed within the week. I've had people that I've messaged and we've took a couple of months to, to get to film. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, makes sense. Um, it, it, it means just means a lot to me to get that yes. Um, and then the fact that that might not be for a couple of months is completely fine. Um, I think also the more creators you get on, the more legitimacy it gives it as well. Yeah, I've had people follow me through my guests promoting the podcast and then them being like, you know, I'd really love to do this as well. Like, um you know how how do you feel oh, about it creators approach you That's yeah just recently i've had a couple and um <laughs> i'd love to talk about myself can i come on <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that but at the same time it's like um you know it's with you know i i want people on who i think have got good stories to tell i respect their work you know what i mean like you've got to because there's some channels and it's like i don't know what i'm going to talk about with you you know what i mean um you're doing great things i like hundred percent respect that but it's like you know i i need to be able to to um to like engage and, and talk about something so um i think you've had some awesome guests yeah like, but it's like you really say great guests the more i get on you know the more people know what it is and, and then the more open they are to coming on um you know i had sophie come on um last week and that was insane I to just that, get her, yeah. to get her on like she was the second or third ASMRist i ever watched to, to get that like full circle moment was crazy yeah i've watched sophie for a while she's from i can tell by her accent that she is not from far away from me she's got a she's, North english accent she's a liverpool girl oh so yeah it's about an hour away mm-hmm. yeah so it's just insane I like everyone that i've had on is just is being awesome and they've they've got their own stories and i, I love to tell that um anyway we're not Thank in reflection you for doing what you do no I, in... I think it's great i would <laughs> i would probably be doing something like this if you weren't doing it because i just i like talking to creators that's probably one of my favorite parts of of having a channel so it's it's just good fun and also this is the side of it that nobody ever gets to see because exactly when would we talk about it on our channel when would we really do that so it's really yeah. fun to just kind of talk about the the wheels that make the cogs go around kind of thing 
Yeah, and it's like, okay, you know, creators do Q&As, but they're so one-dimensional and people always ask the same questions and it's not What's the same your as... food? <laughs> it's, it's not the same as having, a, you know, a, a proper heart-to-heart conversation. Um, no, I agree. So, um, yeah, I, I love podcasts in general. Like, I, I watch a lot of podcasts, listen to a lot of podcasts. So I, it was that aspect of it as well. And it was kind of like, you know... You know, like I said at the start before we started filming, I've been ill for a while, so I think that's been holding me back. But I mean, you know, I've been over a year now and my channel's still pretty small. So it was like, you know, what can I do that, you know, kind of transcends something? Because I'm not, it, it's the harsh reality that, you know, when I'm what, whatever I'm creating, it's not quite got it. So let's try something else. You know what I mean? Why not? Yeah. And that was, that was kind of what I said to myself. Um, you know, why not celebrate someone else's I, someone else's I also story? I don't know that that's a hundred percent true. And I come back to just again to use a video game analogy. There are some <laughs> games that come out, and uh, like Among Us, I'm sure was in this boat, but some really popular games. And for the first two years, they might have like a hundred concurrent players, and then mm. something happens where people just see it, and suddenly it's one of the most popular games on the planet. But before that, these creators probably thought that whatever they've made didn't have it and it's like it's not true they've made something that half the planet want to consume it's just not been it's just not had that opportunity which is why i'm a firm believer in thinking that something that's not been massively successful is inherently wrong is not necessarily the right attitude i think it's more opportunities afforded usually by again a computer (laughs) yeah yeah i I, yeah but i mean I'm like in this position where I'm happy, you know, creating my one ASMR video a week. I do this once a week. Um, and, you know, both both of those things give me a lot of joy. So that's all I'm focusing on at the minute. Um, yeah. And I hope I can just keep doing that forever because I like this community. and I just always want to be a part of it. Um, Definitely. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully one day we get to that 100 episode mark and that'll be quite an achievement. So um, that'll be amazing. What are we on? What are you on right now? This is 20. That's good. That's getting picking up some steam, and I feel like for your first twenty episodes, you've had quite a, a really good sort of group of yeah. people. Yeah, hundred percent. Thank you for that. I, I do appreciate it. Um, I wanted to talk more about about you, um, but I wanted to talk more about the band. Um, what what for those people that maybe don't know what what is the band called? Raven Faith, which is it doesn't mean anything, so don't ask me. I'm in two bands, actually. I'm in a, a really heavy one called No Sin Evades His Gaze, which does mean something. That's a quote from uh, Bioshock Infinite, which is one of my favorite games ever. Nice. I like but, it. Um, we're just kind of a rock band. Like, if you like rocky stuff mixed with some synths, mixed with, mixed with like, big choruses, uh, yeah. I mean, you, you're going to know fairly quickly if it's for you or not. So just go listen on Spotify and make a decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... I know you probably don't like to do this, but if you were to compare yourself to like another, maybe like a mainstreamish band, to say oh, this is kind of what we're like I for people that don't know, question. what would you say? No, I think I think that's a fair enough question. There's no point getting upset by that. Yeah, we're be like we're so original, we can pass with nobody. <laughs> um, I just I always try to be considerate. Well, <laughs> it's it's funny because if you were to go on Spotify and listen to our most successful song, that's really quite an old song now. It's from like. Um, an album that came out years and years ago when we were really heavy but our last album is, is quite different it's more just kind of there's a lot less sort of harsh vocals and screaming um i guess maybe like bring me the horizon 30 seconds to mars you know okay. just kind of like uh, a bit more sort of synth and like i'm trying to think 
most is of the bands like, I can cite are kind of more in the in the rock scene. Rather is there like a lot of truly. screaming that goes on? Because I don't no. like that. No, no. This is this is what I'm saying. If you to listen to the top song on Spotify, you would probably get that impression. But like our okay. last album is nothing like that, and every Definitely. other song in the top five is from our last album, apart from the the number one one. I'll so have to give it a listen. If you go check it out, listen to our most our most recent album, which I think it's called Breathe Again. Because I like Bring Me the Horizon, and I like um, what was the other band you mentioned? Thirty Seconds to Mars. Thirty Seconds, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both right up my street. I I I love like very specifically two thousand six two thousand nine pop punk, like all that. Yeah, all we're that not good so much stuff. pop punk, more rock. No, I do like but that you're kind more rock. Yeah, but like that type of stuff just just gets gets me full. like i i hardly listen to new music i just rather stay in that three-year era because it was a, mm-hmm. it was a ride <laughs> we used to ridicule our parents for doing that and now we've fallen into exactly the same trap like yeah. our parents only listen to old music but then you grow up and you're like i've been listening to the same songs from the early 2000s for like 20 years <laughs> yeah let's just like let's put a breaking benjamin album on and let's just listen to Mate, that if you like breaking benjamin i really think you'll, you'll enjoy oh, okay. our last okay. album big I'm big into breaking benjamin I'm going for it. Nice. Those kind of choruses, definitely up our, up our street. Yes. So you've been together for over 10 years? I mean, on off, there was like a five-year You said a five-year hiatus. Yeah. And we've not been super active during the pandemic. So active years, yes, like, like less than that. But together, yeah, probably. Yeah. And like, could you see a future where, you know, it's your full-time job? Well, it was like- for a while um i don't know i really don't know i think brexit and the pandemic have kind of changed things for like mid-level bands like uh touring is a lot harder now like um i mean we have some big shows coming up so um we have a couple of unreleased tunes so let's see kind of what happens with that but yeah i don't know i mean i never expected to be a quote-unquote youtuber but i mean here we are <laughs> uh i never expected to be making custom art pieces for like galleries in london but here we are so well, that's another thing we haven't like, talked about yeah like life can take different directions i think i'll just i've also learned not to have expectations anymore because if you set your sights kind of on you know super high up you're nearly always going to be disappointed so it's better to just kind of do your best expect nothing and be pleasantly surprised when when you get there but don't be without ambition that's not what i'm saying have ambition but just don't yep. expect everything to be successful yeah no, i think that's great advice and and you're the late singer right how did you are you self-taught did you go to singing lessons how's that come about yeah i just uh, i think i filled the singer position because that was just the one available in the band and then through years and years of singing I'm, like i'm not someone that's really naturally gifted at singing but i think if you can hold a note and you're not tone deaf, anybody can learn to sing reasonably well. I think yeah. touring definitely helped, but I haven't sang in, in years now. I think at, at my peak, I was a reasonable singer, but I would probably be not that great now. But I'll have to I'll have to practice because we have shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of want to move away from ASMR and kind of talk about, I know we just talked about the band, but... Um, Talk to me more about who who James is outside of ASMR. Obviously, you've got your band, you know, you do sculpting. What are you doing, like, in terms of hobbies and interests? My hobbies keep becoming my my work. So <laughs> I, start, I start something new and then it becomes all-consuming. So I don't know. I'm, I'm really doing my hobbies for a job. Other than, I guess, fitness is something that I used to be 
really into and video gaming actually video gaming is something that yeah let's talk let's i'm talk probably never yeah let's talk video games what was it what was the first what was your first video game like console or handheld that you like that was actually yours because i i know when i was a kid you know I, I used to share maybe my dad's console or my sister's handheld um but i think my first that was like my own was maybe like my ps2 or like a game boy advance sp something like that what yeah was yours? well because we're around the same age, I feel like we're going to have quite a similar story here. But it was, yeah, PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2. What, and it was amazing. What games can you remember from that? Because there were some legendary PS2 oh, games. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say them and I'm going to miss so many. I remember living Need for Speed Carbon. I remember all the Lord of the Rings games being amazing. Oh, they're so, I've got uh, a PS2 set up downstairs still. And I, I got my uh, mate round a couple months ago and we played Return of the King on PS2. Return of so the King is a banger, mate. And so, it's, well, I say all of the Lord of the Rings one. The, the two first towers. one is not very good. Yeah, but no. Two Towers to Return of the King is are yeah. amazing games. Legendary. Um, oh, I've just had all the Tony Hawk's games. The Harry Potter games were great. Not all of them. Like Jim Brucey. Like did one you to play three. Did you ever play Simpsons Hit and Run? Oh, what a, like, yeah, of <laughs> course. What a game. Yeah. Like, uh, it made oh, me yeah. really sad recently because I watched a video of a guy who, uh, using kind of modern techniques, basically recreated the Simpsons Hit and Run in Unreal Engine 4, which is kind of like a really powerful yeah. modern uh, games engine. And it looked amazing. And it took him a week, right? He used quite a lot of shortcuts that Unreal Engine 4 gives you by like downloading the map and sort of uprising the textures and yeah. it makes me really, really sad that he made this in a week and after like how many years like 10 years we've still not got an official they need to remaster release. that they need to remaster that it would sell re- so yeah. well i don't know why they haven't done it they are leaving millions of pounds on the table also with a group of people who are like 25 to 35 who have some disposable income like <laughs> do it <laughs> yeah I, I watched a video a couple of weeks back and it, I think someone like speed speed ran the game in like some stupid like four hours or something. I'm like, I was mind blown. Like I didn't watch the whole thing. I was like skipping through. I was like, nah, I like there's no way. So I used to, it was one of them games where some, like, some levels, some parts, I used to get stuck on for ages as a kid. It was hard, man. And also, this. do you remember the Simpsons game? Like the game that actually came out after that? Yeah, yeah. That was really good as well. But no, there were some hard PlayStation 2 games. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, like, it's so did you weird. Play, like, did you play GTA 3? Or like no, San, I think... San Andreas? The one with Vice City was the first GTA you played game Vice City. I played. Okay. I used to be really into SmackDown versus Raw as well. Oh, same. And the, the thing, I think that's how I got into Pop Punk because all the soundtracks on SmackDown versus Raw were like Pop Punk, like Bacon Benjamin... Um, oh shit, I can't even think now. But like skateboard bands, games as well. But, Tony but, but, yeah, skateboard games. They done it as well. Like, yeah, I think that's where it was. Oh, the other time, the other thing I say is like my dad was um, my dad was like a proper punk, and he was in like a punk band. Um, right, okay. And and that's how he met my my mom. But she kind of transitioned into more pop music. So it's kind of like and and Left they, the punk and behind. They, well, they well they divorced. So like when when I'd been in the car with my dad, he'd be playing punk songs. Um, and when I was in the car with my mom, she'd be playing like ABBA and Robbie Williams. And it kind of, I don't know, it kind of just merged. Like both yeah. genres just merged. I like pop punk. I like, I like modern pop music. I'm not like, it's it's really generic in a lot of cases. Like my girlfriend will play the radio and I'll be like, have we heard this song already? And she's like, no, it's a new one. I'm like, wow. It's similar, like the, so similar. The creative boundaries are very narrow. But Same, um, same, I do... same four chords in it. It is, but I, I do like pop music because I do like those four chords. So, and um, another thing is like, I, if you like production, 
and like kind of how music's made pop music is always just like well it's i wouldn't always say it's it's the best example of production but it's so clean like every sort of frequency is perfectly tuned to just be as beefy and like perfect as possible so i I admire it from a production standpoint as well yeah i feel like my guilty pleasure when it comes to pop music is like ed sheeran i I, I like like... ed sheeran i've done some ed sheeran covers on my other channel like just my personal channel oh i need to see i need to see these i got a lot I got a lot to research. I have this. no shame. Like, I literally have, like, death metal songs on my playlist, and then it'll go to, like, Ariana Grande. Like, I have a, a, a wide taste in music. I also like um, orchestral stuff as well, a lot. Like, Danny Elfman, nice. Thomas Newman, Hans Zimmer. Wow. Um, so, what are you playing at the minute? What con- Do you have consoles? Are you a PC gamer? I do have a PlayStation 5, PlayStation mm. 4, Xbox, uh one and an xbox series s which is not the full fat version but because i bought a playstation 5 i actually was very lucky to get my playstation 5 i've had it since near launch but um, same i got very blessed yeah yeah um (laughs) i'm actually replaying the last of us 2 right now um it's funny because 2020 happened and 2020 release cycle is pretty much normal so there's been a steady stream of really good next gen games and then this year it's just completely dried up as the results of like the pandemic have sort of you know come to fruition yeah so i've been in a bit of a game drought recently i played dishonored 2 uh, a few months ago and was blown away by that because i i totally passed up on it and it's amazing like i really love that game and yeah i'm replaying the last of us 2 i'm probably enjoying it more this time around i've just replayed god of war actually with that's another thing because they're bringing out all these 60 fps playstation 5 patches uh-huh. and i'm like i'm going back to kind of playstation 4 games and playing them in like 4k at 60 yeah. and really enjoying that experience like, i think i think some of the newer games are meant to have 120 hertz capacity uh, yeah i don't have 120 right? hertz monitor mm. slash uh television oh you don't have 60. one you said no I don't. oh i see i've just got i've just got literally today i got a brand new monitor it's 165 hertz monitor so i'm i, wow. I can't wait to unleash something on that yeah yeah uh, no right i think replaying uh, a couple of gems and also giving chances to games that i passed up on dark souls as well like I've, I've loved dark souls for a while but i had never played three because i played the opening and i just wasn't kind of wasn't that into it but i went back and finally just clicked with me played my way through that i'm really looking forward to Elden ring this year um well, that does look not, good actually there's not much besides that that's coming out really for a while the thing the thing is with me is i kind of shot myself in the foot because i got heavily invested into call of duty as a kid so yeah if you don't know for people watching call of duty release a new game every single year so every i would just year. get addicted i would get addicted to that game play the shit out of it a new game would come out and i would have no time to play other games and i was kind of the same with pokemon so like pokemon <laughs> would be like call my of hand- duty for the whole year my, nothing else but like pretty much like wow pokemon would be like my handheld go-to when i was like out and about on family trips and then when i was at home i was just playing call of duty so like my gaming like experience is very it's very narrow there's not i haven't played a lot because i've just been so addicted that's to a shame COD. man because there's a lot of amazing experiences especially do you know what i would recommend if because uh, like this is perfect for somebody that hasn't played a lot of games if you get an xbox they're quite cheap you can get an xbox series s that's the newer console you can get them for like 250 quid which is quite cheap for a next gen console get a 10 month subscription to game pass and like literally 250 of the best games that have ever been released are all on there there is a treasure trove of complete (laughs) gems on uh 
on there and it's a tenner a month and you can download and play whatever you want so if you've not played a lot of games um games pass is just it's an absolute no-brainer i know the playstation store if you get playstation plus they have like free games on there you can download um and i do yeah i downloaded some of them like i mean i know you're playing last of us part two now which is which is funnily enough my favorite game of all time um like i I love the shit out of that um it's a great game i'm enjoying it more this time i'm playing through like life is strange on, on pc um streaming that um and they're like highly renowned games that i'd never played and i'm loving playing them if you're more like if you're like a more chill game story based but it's yeah, like very very emotion heavy i cried on stream several times like it's it's a lot there's a lot goes down but it's like it's one of them games it's like it's it's so relevant to real life and and the you know the hardships of life so it's nice to relate to stuff like that um but obviously sad at the same time yeah uh, no i found the first time i played uh last of us 2 it was kind of super emotionally heavy but right i do like games that tell stories and like deep ones i'm not sure i like to be made sad by a game same with music like i tend <laughs> to avoid ballads just because i feel like <laughs> if i'm relaxing i'm trying not to be sad i'm like, I'm like actively trying to you know be in a good mood so mm-hmm. uh i don't like to be dragged into an area i feel really uncomfortable with by a game although i do often <laughs> that's fair uh to kind of wrap up this section i always ask the the guests um do they have any tips for anybody watching that's maybe thinking about starting their own channel or in the process of starting their own channel what advice would you give them yeah loads actually um it depends because some people see some people get into asmr because they just want to do asmr the asmr is the bit they care about and that is awesome that's fine but the only problem is understand that you're getting into a job where you're a video creator so that means you need to care about the that you need to care about the camera the lens the microphones the, the lighting and or at least kind of research this stuff don't just view it as like a means to an end or or kind of you know think you're gonna get your camera set up and stuff in like half an hour like yeah. it does it does take time to learn it's important it's important to learn about lenses it's important to learn about lighting you don't have to go to film school and become steven spielberg but you do have to know <laughs> how to make pleasing stuff that looks pleasing or sounds pleasing because you're a channel you're a video channel like yeah i feel like a lot of people start and they they, they do lo-fi stuff which is fine but as with everything it's fine if you know how to do it but you're choosing to do that style Whereas if you're just doing that because it's the only style that you can do, I feel like you're kind of limiting yourself. Right, yeah. And the other thing would be, like, try and have... You don't have to reinvent the wheel, but, like, try and have a reasonable identity. Like, you don't have to be the most original, but, like, when you think of your favorite creators, (laughs) there's, like, a... There's an image that you think of with them, right? They fit into a space in your mind. Right. You know what kind of videos they do. You know the look of their videos. Like you need to have that for yourself you can't just be in a, bleh, <laughs> a kind of former shape you need an identity branding is important is what you're saying branding is very important and um make friends with other creators who are on a similar journey to you like right. small channels network make friends not just you know as a means to an end it will enrich your life having friends but <laughs> um <laughs> i found like the healing room asmr d and like uh, asmr with kim two people that i met through the asmr group on facebook were just like awesome because we were going through the same thing we were chatting all the time about stuff that works and we and d made a little creators group and 
Yeah. Just having friends that are kind of all going through the same thing, bouncing ideas back and forth. Like it's 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 it can be quite lonely having a channel. So making friends along the way and don't be afraid to reach out to other creators and do collaborations. All this stuff will make your time on YouTube better and more fun. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Like just it, it it can be quite daunting, like asking someone for maybe tech advice or something like that. But I think nine times out of ten, most people will be happy to help. The one thing I wouldn't say to do is don't like you don't like go to a creator you've never spoke before, DM them and be like, Oh, this is my channel, go and check it out. Like don't do don't that. Don't do that, yeah. No, don't and do that. Also, <laughs> if you're gonna ask a question, please try and make it something that is not really easy to find out because it shows yeah. a lack of effort on your part. Like just google it first just like, google it like it's i'm not saying don't ask and people will bite your head off i really do want to make that clear that it's like it's totally fine to be a newbie it's totally fine to ask every like yeah. everybody is still learning i'm still learning you're still learning all creators are still kind of improving but mm -hmm. if you ask it like in, in the in the group i see like five times a day like what does everybody use to edit for a start this channel this this has been asked like 50 times in the past week just scroll down uh, and like just look into what looks good to you like do you know what I mean? Like, it's fine to ask people, but yeah, just just show that you've done a base of research on your own and you're prepared to put some time yeah. into it on your own before kind of reaching out to, to bigger creators because they'll get yeah, the same yeah. questions a lot. But they will be happy to help you. I'm happy to help. Like, every, everyone that I know is not not going to bite your head off. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's sound and solid advice, 100%. And I, I echo all of that. Um, but yeah, just go for it. As long as you're passionate about it, that's the main thing. Um, yeah, don't, I agree. Don't let anything else stop you. Um, okay, we're going to kind of conclude now with the the future section. Um, definitely the smaller section of the three. Um, in terms of um, in terms of ASMR videos, is there anything like you definitely want to do that you haven't had a chance yet, or is it kind of going to be more of the same, more of the same style going forward for you? No, I definitely don't feel like I've done everything. Yeah. Um, one thing I think. I'm kind of waiting to grow the channel to maybe like 100k before I do some of the crazier out there ideas because I want to make sure that if I'm going to put that amount of time into it, it's going to be seen. Right. I don't want to waste really great ideas on a time when they might bomb, basically. Uh, that doesn't mean in the run up to 100k, everything is going to be boring and one note, definitely not. But like, I feel the more ambitious projects I'm going to wait on. That makes uh, sense. But I def yeah, I've got a big list of notes in my phone often suggested by subscribers of stuff to do and i really do want to just kind of make a big dent on those and just kind of get through them because some of them are awesome will we ever see a james matthew classic trigger video is that yeah is that something totally. you would ever do yeah I, I feel that they're more like um i wouldn't say they're filler because that implies a lack of effort but they're videos that carry over between the more intense sort of work heavy videos like it's not too difficult for me to set up a nice background and kind of get some triggers together i've done kind of a mishmash of triggers um but everybody's got a different definition of what classic triggers are to me True. like an eye test is a classic trigger but right. to other people it might be tapping or like kind of yeah that's what i was more pertaining to yeah like uh, like i don't know like tapping and scratching on 10 random objects like a title like that you know what i mean like <laughs> I think the problem is that i don't get asmr from these so, so it's very you, difficult for me to know what's good in that environment. I, I would fair. just be guessing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point as well. Like going back to like tips for us, like make sure it's something that you're kind of 
Yes. Interested in yourself and you've got a knowledge of yourself because that'll that's come across. That's a great point. Like if you don't like lasagna and you don't eat it, like you can't make lasagna and judge whether it's a good lasagna or not. Perfect it could, analogy. Like it could be great, it could be bad, but how are you going to know if you don't it, like it? Exactly. <laughs> Is um, in a, I always have to say, sorry, in an ideal world, no holds barred or anything like that, who is your like dream people that you would love to collab with that you haven't mm. already? I'd love to collab, collab with Maria, which is funny because she's like a friend of mine and she has a channel and I have a channel. So let's 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 do it. You could do it. You could do it. So I'll um, clip this in and you can send it to it. <laughs> uh, I'd love to collab with Atlas, but I already have. But I'd love to do more with him because he's probably my, one of my favorite creators. You're you know, a good I've, duo. Thank you. Um, I've done actually like five or six collabs, so I feel like I've done a lot of the ones I'd really like to do. And yeah. the only ones beyond that are like, I, don't, I nearly said dead creators then. I don't mean people who are dead, <laughs> but their channels are dead. So like Ali ASMR no longer uploads and like Heather Feather, but definitely someone from that era who probably wouldn't mean that much to like modern ASMR viewers, but to me would to be me like playing with the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, that's a great Would you ever do like... If if GB came up to you and said, "Let's do a duo collab," would you do it? That is a really silly question. I don't I don't believe in bad questions, but that's one. Yeah, of course. I that's do one it. you do. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> normally, if I hated GB, which I don't, but normally... even if I hated her, I, I, like it would just make so much sense. Like, why would you not do that? <laughs> no, yeah. I like you think about like Mount Rushmore of ASMR. She's like she's on there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, my and, as well. I'd love to do one with her. hundred percent. Yeah, everyone loves Sharon. Um, any other future projects in the works that you can tell us about, or are they under are they under wraps to keep things spoiler free? Um, I don't know if it's a spoiler. I'm talking to a couple of creators about doing a collab. I think I was on a panel with uh, Atlas, Cap, Shani, uh, and saying that, yeah. Shani's someone that I've watched for ages, so we were talking about doing something. Yeah, that'd um, be great. I want to do something with D, so the Healing Room ASMR, we've been talk- talking about doing something. Um, yeah, n- nothing like major, but I think I'd also, this is not even a project, but I'd love to do another meetup. Like we had a UK meetup with channels, and it was just the most wholesome day. So I'd yeah, love I, to do, oh, I'd love to I, do one with Scottish Murmurs, actually. Lauren. Lauren was really nice. Like we, we got drunk together in that group, and she's, she's <laughs> a really sweet girl. Uh, yeah. I'll pester her about a collab. Although we're so far apart in our channels, like obviously she's much bigger than than mine. So I I got notified of that, but like I told you, I've 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 been ill, so it's a lot to get me out of the house right now, just because of how ill I am. So uh, hopefully the next one I can actually get to. Definitely, yeah. It was all the UK channels, obviously, of which you're you're one of them, and the more the merrier. It was like a really really fun group of people. I think everybody would like to do it again. It it wouldn't make sense not to. So I de- I definitely got FOMO from that. It was uh, it was. I tough. knew that I would if I didn't go. Yeah. Was, the the trains were expensive. The hotel was expensive, uh, but like I just thought, if I pass up on this, I'm going to really regret it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm glad that I didn't. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing? Um, I think we talked about this um, off pod, um, like streaming or any like merch or paid content like uh like a patreon or stuff like that i've got Any a patreon plans for that? Oh, you do have a patreon i do but you know what i actually feel like i have a weird approach to patreon in that i remember patreon used to be it's when it started this was the kind of concept that i saw it as was obviously youtube is a free platform you're right. constantly working and making videos and putting them out and you get you make money through ads but you don't make money from from people so i always thought patreon was like 
if you want to donate further to the channel, if you want to contribute on a financial level for the videos you're already getting, then this is how you can do it via Patreon. But it's kind of merged now into its own platform where right. people obviously make content for Patreons. Exclusive. Um, yeah, but I always feel like if I'm making something and putting my all into it, I want it on my channel kind of thing. So uh, I, I would love to I'd love to do Q&As with, with, with Patreons and that kind of thing. Obviously, they're really appreciated. Like, I don't want them to feel underappreciated. But, like, you know, my time is spent doing stuff for the channel, so I just don't know when I fit it in. Um, yeah, and, sorry, and what like was the other part of the question. Just before we move on to that, like like you said, like your vi- the type of videos that you put out, you know, they're very time consuming. So to to make that extra video, um, you know, however long it is, like every week or something, to put on Patreon, that would be like obviously a lot for you, right? To do it that, it really so. would. Yeah, that that's the only downside. Um, yeah. What was the other part of the question? Would I ever do anything? So it's like um, I talk about streaming or like getting your that own merch it. or anything like that. I probably wouldn't do merch just because I don't know why you'd wear a top with my face on it. But um, <laughs> but yeah. I definitely do streaming. Like I um, I feel like I'm quite a personable person. I like talking to people. Um, yeah, yeah. Just just generally. So I'd like to get on a stream. And also, when you upload a video, obviously you read the comments and that's cool. But there's kind of a barrier like between you and and the people. And like you were saying before about can you imagine a hundred thousand people kind of what that looks like and it's like well, no because you never really get to talk to these people mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that kind of sucks so maybe a stream where you could at least interact more would feel would bring that home a little bit more and feel a bit more kind of personal yeah. i would love to see it you know yeah i'll do it at some point yeah excited soon. for that I'll probably do it soon after after the holiday i'll come back all golden brown <laughs> and then i'll i'll jump on stream <laughs> a different nationality a bronze a bronze god um <laughs> And then the last thing really is, you know, what are the what are the ultimate goals of the channel for you? Like, you know, if someone said to you, like, you know, I'm from the future and, uh, you know, you've been doing ASMR for the rest of your life, it's your full-time job, it's, it's what all your effort goes into, would you the take that? The rest of my life, wow. Would you be happy, like, kind of <laughs> like to like, you know, right time and age, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. I don't want to be 80. <laughs> no, no, no. Imagine. Well, I'd like my placard. I want my hundred k plaque. Yeah, um, easy. That's easy. I'll give you. I'll give you a year. I, I think. I think that's doable within a year. Uh, mathematically, I'd have to have some kind of bump above where I am now to reach right. that in a year. But yeah. yeah, I think I could do that. This is what I mean about like not setting expectations. Obviously, I'd like <laughs> to. I'd like to have the biggest channel possible. I'd love to be doing this. You know. You know. I'd love to be able to create whatever. Uh, have an unlimited budget and and put it all into kind of creating and have a million subs like that's the ultimate goal do i think i'm going to get there i don't know like i'm just going to take it as it comes and also kind of be grateful for the fact i have any platform at all and any outlet and i'm able to kind of make a living out of it yeah you don't know what's around the corner midlife right it's just there's so many twists and turns i could get hit by a bus tomorrow and there ends the channel that's it that's the end and the band and everything else that i do <laughs> um end on a positive sammy <laughs> yeah just an image of you getting hit by a bus mean girl style um yeah i guess that kind of concludes it today obviously you know i, I think we're both the type of people that could talk for, for ages but um i definitely want to take this opportunity to to thank you for coming on and taking the time out of your day uh Thanks, i think it's man. been fun it was, it was really fun i enjoyed it
I hope you've had fun. Um, and if you're still watching or listening um, and you uh, maybe weren't familiar with James before this, please check out the video description and the pinned comment because it'll have the links to his uh, channel and social media pages on there so you uh, so you can go and get uh, go and binge watch all his content basically because he's got some amazing stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, this uh, this podcast is also available in audio only form. So the, the video goes live on Wednesday uh, and the audio files on the podcast and platforms will go live the following Tuesday um, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all major podcasting platforms basically. Um, if you if you enjoy this and you want to watch more, I do a episode every single week with a different ASMR creator. Um, and I also make normal ASMR videos every single week as well. So make sure you like the video, uh, comment down below what you thought. Uh, if you have any questions for me or James, that's absolutely cool. Drop them down below. Uh, subscribe if you're not subscribed already. Yes, and... do And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, click that bell icon and select all so you, uh, you'll get a notification every time a new podcast episode goes live and a new ASMR video goes live so you don't miss out on all that good stuff. But yes, this has been the White Tap Whisper podcast episode 20. James has been an amazing guest and I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Bye-bye.